The Gestalt Gardener podcast is brought to you by Varicosity Vein Center, providing health assessment screenings and compassionate care to improve your vascular functionality and quality of life. Our doctors and vein specialists offer solutions to painful varicose veins, spider veins, and other venous diseases to our patients. Now offering complimentary vein screenings in Jackson, Madison, and Ridgeland. Information and appointment scheduling at varicosityveincenter.com. Broadcasting weekly garden program. We call it the Gestalt Garden, and I'm your host, Horticulture Seller Rushing. Our producers are awesome, Java Chapman. The next hour or so, we're going to be talking about gardening. So, up today's live of virtual Groundhog Day garden party. I'll give you some heads up on things you can be doing in this winter weather, share a few interesting emails. But we're live here at MPB, in addition to some personally selected super cheesy music coming up in about 30 minutes. I'm going to be talking with you in real time about what's going on or not in your own garden. Live program, folks, sit back. We're going to take a few minutes of news starting this informal party. We're here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting called the Gestalt Garden. Now let's start getting dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okay, doke folks. Welcome back. Horticulture Felder Rushing, and we're talking about gardening. You want to give us a call? It's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Got all sorts of stuff to talk about, but uh, I'm hoping there's things that you'd like to talk about yourself. Uh, by the way, Java, uh, I just heard on the news that that uh, that rat up north just decided we're going to have a longer winter. Yeah, I just heard that too. Um, saw the shadows, so we get six more weeks of uh, of uh, I hope it's only six more weeks of this cold weather. Yeah. I, I woke up this morning and I said I'm really not a cold weather guy because I, I had to put my coat on. <laughs> but Felder, I know I know you're you know in another place, but right now. Yesterday, we got up to, I think, uh, like 70 degrees. It was 50 degrees this time yesterday, and today Ow. it's 30 degrees. Like we these get cold again? Yeah, these 20-degree these twenty degree swings are, are, are not, not fun, man. Well, I'm headed back to the States. I have been in the snow for the uh, past little while. As a matter of fact, this, uh, this past week, last weekend, this past week, I've been in, in the Czech Republic. It used to be Czechoslovakia in Prague. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But back to this groundhog thing, uh, it's, it's bad news for folks expecting a kind of a quick end of cold winter. But for 130 years now, this big rat they named Phil, and, and, uh, and groundhogs are rodents. They've been dragged out of his burrow on this place called Gobbler's Knob in, uh, was it, Punks, uh, Tawny, Pennsylvania? Uh, anyway, he was surprised at his own shadow. He's gone back to underground to hunker down to wait out six extra weeks of winter weather. That's okay. We've got camellias blooming, man. Daffodils coming up. The flowering quints are kicking in. It's going to be okay. It's all going to be good. I mean, Jeff, you're about as laid back a guy's ever ever run into. And but we absolutely agree. Everything's going to be okay. Always, man. Everything is always good. And Felder, <laughs> before we get to this first call, we got Mark and Tupelo yeah. already on the line. But you are a very 
popular guy. That goes without saying. But you are a very influential guy. Without without you even knowing, I got told by our uh, social media. Well, I think she has an even bigger title than that. Our uh, digital uh, director Ellie Banks that it's a uh, farm, the Pearl River Tea uh, Company in Poplarville, oh, Mississippi. Yeah. They yeah, they're great. Yeah, they listen to you, and they got the idea to even start growing tea because of you. They were a blueberry farm, but then they heard you talking about tea on, on one episode of the Gestalt Gardener, and they was like, "Hey, we could grow some tea and you know keep our business year round." So they brought you some. They brought you some gifts, and you have them waiting for you um, uh, when you get back. Justin in the uh, production department has to hold your tea plant because I said I told you you had a tea plant because I can't. I, my green thumb is not as green as it needs to be, and. He's going to take care of that until you get back. Well, you know, I've been emailing back and forth with those guys. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go down and visit them. Uh, you know, but I was talking about the fact that all the tea in China, when we drink tea, I don't mean herbal tea or anything like that, but regular tea, green tea, black tea, uh, whatever, it's made from the leaves of a type of camellia that will grow in Mississippi. And that's all I was saying. And then these guys said, hey, on, why don't we just plant a whole bunch of it? And not only, I mean, they're an award-winning tea place in Mississippi. Anyway, we could talk about that a little bit later, but um, I'm real real pleased that we got a, a new industry, a new horticulture industry right down there in Pearl River County. Look forward to visiting with those boys, too. Um, anyway, I've got some emails to share, some other things, but uh, let's, let's, let's go on up to Tupelo and see what Mark's up to. Hey, Mark, good morning. Good morning. I have two questions. My first was I planted, I've never planted this early before, but the first week of January, I planted uh, some onions. You had the little green tops. I had ordered them over the Internet. And, of course, uh, you know, a week later, we had the uh, Tupelo. We had the very cold weather where it got down in single digits. Are they going to put back out? I mean, they, they were obviously throw solid, the ground and all. Now, what, are, what kind of plants again? Onions. I, I, I planted I, onions about yeah, the first I, week of January. Yeah prior to the very cold weather we had? You know, it really depends. Onions will grow up north, but, you know, they don't really like single-digit temperatures. So, you know, that's sort of the tricky. Up north, they plant them over the summer. Here we can plant them over the winter, but it's just like any kind of plant. When it's very tender starting to come up, it's susceptible to stuff that normally it can take if it's a little bit bigger. So it really depends on the luck of the draw. I wouldn't, you know, if you can sort of poke one of them, if it still feels kind of firm, it has a good chance of sprouting back out, so we'll just see what happens. But no way to tell. No way to tell. My other question, and it's a little more important to me, I have a about a 20-foot live oak. Is it a dead oak in Tupelo? It was, um, you know, we got the very cold weather, the yeah, single digits. It's really hard to say. You know, I'm from over in the Delta, you know, Indianola, 100 miles north of Jackson, 100 miles south of Memphis. And when I was a kid, we have live oaks all over the place. Yeah, and normally yeah, they well. can take it. Yeah, but 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 as you know, Central Mississippi is sort of the northern natural range. Yeah, I what that means is, you know, you know they, they can they can take cold weather. They can grow in Tupelo for decades. But if we have a really sudden, if the conditions are right and it's a real sudden cold, the bark can bust, get can split. You know, there's all sorts yeah. of things can happen. Again, all we can do is wait and see. We can get damaged on a lot of trees that that may not show up until the middle of the summer. They may even leaf out this spring and have damage to the trunk that won't show up until it gets really hot and dry. So all we can do is just wait and see. Well, I'm I'm, I'm interested. You know, I planted it and 
We had so, you know the climate change has been really nice. You know, last two or three years, and this year bit it pretty hard. So we'll see. Yeah, you All know, right. that's, that's, you know that's what that's what a lot of people don't realize is you know we 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 get used to mild winters or we get used to to whatever, and then Mother Nature throws us a weirdo. Good deal. Thank you, buddy. Okay. Good luck on it, man. All righty, and let's go uh, down to Brandon and talk to Patricia. Hey, Patricia, good morning. Good morning, Felder. Thank you. How, you bet. I What's always, up? I always enjoy your show so much. Now, I'm ha- I'm going to be having some holes dug in my backyard for some grapes. When I was a child, huh. our, one of our neighbors had a grape arbor. It was actually muscadines, and she had a little... Uh, bench out there, and uh, we kids would go out there and just we could eat all we wanted to. She was so nice, and I want to have that in my backyard. I've meant to do it for many years. That, this this year's the year. How big of a hole should I get dug for for uh, for a um, muscadine sun? Well, it's, you know, it, 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 by the way, I've been growing muscadines vines since the 1970s. I've been doing this a long time. My family had an old muscadine vineyard up in the Delta, rushing wine. I know that. And I took your I took your wine making uh, class about ooh, 40 years ago. Long long time ago. You don't need to dig a deep hole, but you need to dig a wide hole. You know, I'm going to say at least three feet across. You're not going to feel great about it, but three feet across. And, you know, there in Brandon, have you got pretty good dirt or Play like I've got. No, I, I'm going to have to uh, bring in some dirt. No, 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 no! Don't do that. That's what I was getting at. Take your native dirt and dig it a good solid shovel depth, about three feet across, and then add some stuff to that. Don't throw that stuff away and bring. Uh, you know, if you digging a hole out and filling up the other stuff is like filling a bowl up with cornflakes. You know, you want to add stuff to your native dirt so when the roots of the plant get out to the edge, they can kind of keep on going. I would dig a, a nice wide hole with raggedy edges and add maybe, if you spread a, a layer, one or two inches of bark or compost or something over the top and then dig it in, sort of like crackers and chili, then the plant will get used to your dirt a whole lot better than if you bring in a whole bunch of other stuff. Okay, so now, now I'm going to have my, ho- my holes dug and when is the best time to put them in there? I go in and do it right now. Uh, oh, as soon as you get around to it. Yeah, but, and by the way, I'm, every year I give a free home fruit seminar at a place in Jackson called Hutto's. It's going to be next Saturday at, at 9 o'clock. And uh, you want to make sure if you plant just one vine, you want to make sure that's a self-pollinating or self-fertile muscadine variety because uh, some are female only and have to get pollen from another place. So if you're going to well, plant just one, let's Well, that was one of my other questions. Um, I'm, I'm really wanting to have four plants so that they can kind of grow together. I know you're supposed to keep them uh, uh, trimmed way back, but my main objective is having it grow over a, a little trellis thing. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, we, we probably need to, to talk a little bit more by email because if you don't prune them, if you grow a muscadine over an arbor, which has been real popular for a long, long time, they're native plants, early colonists okay. did that. What happens is the new growth grows on top of the old growth and then more on top of that. First thing you know, you got a, mass, a mess, and when the, the muscadines start to, to ripen, they start dropping on the ground, they invite yellow jackets, and it's just a real mess. Muscadine is... Popular as it is, is an arbor plant not your best choice? 
you know, it's really better to grow where you can prune it for fruit production because it gets to be a really mess in the fall with yellow jackets. And I'm not trying to talk you out of it. I'm just giving you a heads up that it can cause some problems. But anyway, dig the holes two and a half, three feet across, and when you get the plant, be sure when you pull it out of the pot, you loosen up that thing soil, stir it into your dirt also. Add a little stuff to your native dirt, and then right around the plant itself, stir it in that pot soil, you loosen up all the roots, and, uh, and it'll get started really well. So uh, you say it's not as, as important for the depth, but about how deep would you say? Well, you know, at least about a shovel's depth, you know, at least right in the middle of it. and Because, uh, you know, we don't have really, really deep roots of plants in our kind of soil. Roots stay real shallow because it stays too wet in the winter for deep roots. Uh, but you're going to plant it at the same depth that comes out of the pot. Be sure to loosen up that potting soil and stir it into your dirt. And uh, shoot me an email and, you know, we can get a little bit more detail. But in general, wide hole, not deep, add stuff to your native dirt, loosen up the roots, and then we can take it from there. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Uh, too much information here. Uh, let's go um, down to Wilkerson County. Hey, Lee, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Felder. What's up? We're in Woodville. First thing we'd like to say is that Mississippi roads will never be the same again. <laughs> Have you seen that thing about my truck? That's right. That's right. Walt Grayson got an ear full of the truth. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yep, that's right. That's right. Well, what's going on? What can I help you with? I want to say a couple of years ago when we had the Arctic Express and the Snowmageddon came through. Yeah. I called and told you that I had three plants in one big pot, which were an aloe vera, a mother in laws yeah. tongue, and the other one was none other than that Nopalea cactus. Yep. Nopalea yep. really attacked them and, and, and just squished them down. And you gave me the advice to cut them down all the way to the base. And yep. put them back in the sun and let them grow, and they'd be all right. So this year, they did grow back to summer and fall. And what I did was I brought them inside, and they're still living. You know your stuff, Felder. Uh, well, you know, it's only because I've killed my share of plants. <laughs> you know, until you kill some plants, you really don't know it. Yes, sir. By trial and error. Thank you. All righty, man. Appreciate it a whole bunch. Whew. Well, you know, when it comes to cactus and something, if they're it over water, got to get them started over. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break, folks. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. You're listening to the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I don't know it all. Don't want to know some stuff that I already know. Wish I could forget some of it. And if you want to call up and add to anything, some remarks, or take umbrage at my remarks, Give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring Here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting, we don't sell anything. We're just trying to form a little community. This one we call a gardener. Horticulture Stellar Rushing, we'll be back with the Gestalt Gardener right after this. An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. 
This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. talking about gardening you want to give us a call toll free one eight seven seven mpb ring hey java did you get my cheesy tune today i did get your your cheesy tune we're here talking about the big game felder but uh i did get your cheesy tune i didn't get a chance to listen to it yet so is it is it gonna is it gonna hurt my ears man it's gonna surprise me well i I'll, it starts out like this that's right that's right i'm sad and blue because i can't do the boot blue we should have played the Super Bowl shuffle for this week. <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought about it, but, you know, it, 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 it ain't generic. It's about the Chicago guys. Well, you know, a lot of Mississippi-Chicago connection <laughs> going on. That's right. That's right. Well, listen, before we get back to the calls, I would like to remind folks, it's, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Uh, give us a call. That uh, This Groundhog Day, you know, we're going to have a little bit more weather. Uh, Valentine's Day coming up. Uh, but I want to show a couple of th- share a couple of things that are coming up. Uh, I do quite a few presentations around the state and the region and uh, around the country to garden clubs and libraries and master gardeners. This coming week, uh, a week from, from Saturday, February the 10th, I'm doing a, a free home fruit seminar. Now, that's for folks who want to plant figs or blueberries or muscadines or, or grapes or, or strawberries or peaches or plums or pecans or anything that has something on it that you can eat, like a, a shrub or tree or vine. We're going to be talking about the best types and the best varieties of each, how to plant them, how to prune them, that kind of stuff. It's a free uh, uh, seminar. It's going to be at Hutto's. starts at 9 o'clock on, on um, Saturday, February the 10th. Um, there's also a library talk coming up I'm doing down in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Uh, those of you down in south Mississippi, south Alabama, uh, western edge of, of uh Florida. Uh, it's going to be at the Gulf Shores Cultural Center. It's sponsored by the Friends of the Library. This is the Gulf Shores uh, Library, but it's going to be at the Gulf Shores Cultural Center, uh, which is just off County Road 6. It's free. And uh, I'm going to be talking about gardening, growing anything in anything, all different kinds of things. You can grow flowers and fruits and vegetables and herbs and things in a wide assortment of different kind of containers particularly for folks who either don't have a big garden or else they want to kind of pull it in and have a small kitchen garden or, a, or ornamental garden closer to the house. Uh, anyway, that's going to be on the 14th. We'll talk about that a little bit more next week. I would like to throw out also uh, February, uh, typically we, we uh, celebrate uh, black history, and I have a list. I've been working on this for a long time, a list of really popular, commonly grown, ornamental and edible garden plants that we all enjoy that happen to come from Africa. If you're interested in a list of, of really good, popular plants that came from Africa, I can do it from Europe and from Asia and North America and South America, but um, it's, a, it's a pretty fun list. Shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Felder, you know what you should do? You should put that on your blog. My blog you know, I could do that. I will do that today. I will do that today. <laughs> Matter of fact, I just put something on my blog, uh, uh, Java. Uh, I, I got a call from a lady who wanted to know about pruning her crepe myrtles, and I have a an illustrated blog 
on the right way to prune crepe myrtles. And if you like to do crepe murder, how it is perfectly okay. Some great examples of how it's done, even by the American Horticulture Society. Pictures of all over the world. I just updated that. So if anybody wants to, to know about the fact that crepe murder is okay, whether you like it or not, go to felderrushing.blog and take it from there. I've got some other things to sh- uh, to, uh, to share, but uh, let's go over to Olive Branch and talk with Chip. Hey, lady, what's going on, Miss Chip? Good morning. I love your show. You are a wonderful asset to our gardens. Um, I have Thank a big, fig tree, brown uh-huh. turkey fig, that I took a cutting from my mama's tree, and that was from her father's tree. It's in the shade. I think I should move it, and I want to know when and should I prune it back. Uh, well, yeah, you, now's a good time. While it's completely dormant before it starts putting out new growth uh, is the best time. Uh, what I do is I go in and start digging the hole where it's going to first because that's the hard part. Good. And I want to dig a, a nice wide one and add some stuff to your native dirt. Don't bring in a whole bunch of, of you know, dig a hole and fill up, but add stuff to your native dirt. And for figs, I just planted one this past fall. They like to have a pretty wide root system, so I dig a hole at least three or four feet across, which okay. seems kind of crazy. But after you plant it, cover it with le- regular tree leaves. Mm-hmm. You can cover that with bark or something if you want to. But this really improves the soil. They like to have a nice, cool root. And uh, so a wide hole with plenty of mulch will help. Thank you so and much. You, well, I let appreciate me ask you your help. I've got to ask you this. How long has that tree been out there? Is it a big one? No. Uh, my mama died in and so I just put a little stick in the ground, and it's only about three feet tall. So I think okay. the shade has prevented it from growing too much. Yeah. Let's go ahead and cut it back about a foot. Cut it back to, to even to a, to a foot tall. It'll sprout back out perfectly well in a new place. Wonderful. Terrific. Last time I picked, trees, uh, picked figs from my mama's tree, I got 30 gallons. <laughs> so that's a lot of things. Yeah, I took my son when he was uh, his first was in the Marines. He came home one summer, and we went out. We picked figs from his great great grandmother's fig tree in the middle of the summer. He said, "Dad, it was worse than Marine boot camp." <laughs> Bless your heart. Anyway, have fun. Hey, and the part you cut off, you can stick it to the ground and root it too. Wonderful. Sure. I'll do that. Thank you so much. Okay. You bet, Chip. Thanks for calling. All right, let's go over to Baton Rouge. Hey, Pat, what's going on in Red Stick? Good morning, Felder. We're big fans of yours in South Louisiana. Thanks. Um, What's up? I want to ask you about my Satsuma trees. We wrapped them the best we could this winter, Yeah. um, but they Uh look pretty sad now. They're dropping leaves. They're turning brown, and uh, I'm just wondering if you think they're going to make it. You know, back in, a, in the 1930s and in the 1880s, we used to have real big uh, uh, citrus groves all around uh, Satsuma and, and Baton Rouge and South Mississippi, and uh, they kept getting killed by hard freezes. No way to tell yet, except scratch the bark, and if it's bright green under the bark, that part's alive, and you can cut it back to there, and it'll spread out new growth. So, you know, I would I would just do a little waiting and seeing, but if you just can't stand it, go out and scratch on the bark and keep going from high down to low until you find green stuff, prune it back to there, and it should be okay. All right, so just sit tight till spring, and then if nothing happens, go ahead and scratch that bark. 
No, I'd go in and scratch the bark. If you're going to prune it, I'd do it in, you know, in the wintertime. They, they bloom in the late winter. They're probably not going to bloom this year. You know, if nothing else, I bet most of the flower buds got killed. We just have to wait and see. But if you think there's some dead parts, it'd be better to cut those off before spring if you can. Okay. All right. We'll do that then. Good luck on it. Thank you so much. All righty. Folks, i got a really bad tune coming up in just a second, but let me throw out a couple of things that are, that are going on. Uh, this week, this past weekend, I, I, d- I did go over to uh, to uh, the Czech Republic, is Prague, heart of Bohemia, beautiful city, one of the prettiest, most interesting places uh, I've been on five continents. Got a lot of historic stuff because it never really got bombed or anything like that. Uh, I visited an ancient orchard at a vineyard, uh, and also some real intricate, formal but kind of whimsical winter parterre gardens and some uh, real informal container gardens. Uh, but also, I photographed Green Man carvings. A lot of people aren't familiar with Green Man, but if you get if you if you've seen a picture of a of a of a carving of a man, usually a man, sometimes it's a woman that has le- vines coming out of their nose or their mouth or the ears. It's uh it's called a Green Man. It goes back many many centuries. Anyway, I photographed some of some medieval churches, uh, including a 300 year old Green Man carving above the entrance to the U.S. Embassy there in Prague which for nearly centuries has been a real impressive palace-like building, built in the 1640s. Um, back behind the uh, U.S. Embassy of this palace, it has a terrace garden, orchard, seven acres. Um, and it's got all sorts of stuff. I also toured the old Jewish cemetery, which is the largest, one of the oldest undisturbed Jewish cemeteries in Europe. It's got graves going back to the 1400s. Some of uh, you know, the tombstones are packed so tight together because sometimes they're 12 people deep. But on a lighter note, I was really particularly amused to find a centuries-old metal gate at the, uh, the, the Hughes St. Vitus Cathedral, built about the same time, same size as the Notre Dame Cathedral. It clearly depicts two men cutting fruit trees into what we call crepe murder. <laughs> so, so it's been done for a long, long time. i got a picture of that on my, uh, my crepe myrtle blog. Go to felderrushing.blog and... Uh, Take a, take a look at it. Uh, before we go to the really cheap music, it's going to be an earworm like you've never heard. Let's go down to uh, Ocean Springs and speak to, who is this? Michael? Who, who, Michael who am I talking to? Oh, hi. Michael Lee. Yeah. Good morning. I enjoy your show. Thanks. Thank you. What's up? Uh, we moved uh, down here, um, this is our first winter, and on our property we have an oleander. Now, I understand how toxic they are. They certainly wouldn't have been my first choice of bushes. And they've certainly not done well over the winter. They've become very yellow and mottled, all the leaves. Yeah. Will it come back, or is it beyond hope? Yeah, well, for, for, first of all, it's only toxic if you chew on it. Also, just 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 don't eat it. You know, play with it, admiring it, loving it. You know, watching the flowers not going to hurt you at all. Just don't eat the stuff. Oh, uh, and by the way, where'd you move from? I heard you had to wear gloves. You touched it. No, you don't. Just don't just don't get the sap all in your fingernails and chew your fingernails. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> you know, it's a it, it's it's in it's a matter of dosage. And just don't just trying to keep it out of your mouth. But anyway, to answer your question, they are often killed the ground up in north Mississippi, uh, and they sprout back up. We're sort of used to it. On the coast, they rarely do, but if you want to cut it down as low as to the ground, it'll sprout out from the from the roots with blooming uh, and bloom on the new growth. 
So it won't hurt to prune it as far back as you want to. Okay. I'll do that. Where'd you Where'd you move from? The Chicago area. So we're used to the oh, winters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah you. May I May I ask one more quick question? Sure. Uh, my Laura My Laura Patellum, This is the first year it's been in. We put it in when we moved here. Uh, is it too early to prune it back? It's become very leggy. No, it's, it's it's not too late. Uh, but keep in mind that they bloom. A lot of times they start blooming in the the, the late winter, early spring. So instead, if you want to cut it back really, really far, it'll put out new growth and bloom on that stuff. But think about just cutting, you know, sort of thinning out the tall stuff and leave part of it unpruned if you can. So you still have some flowers in the spring, and you can always cut that stuff later if you want. In other words, you don't have to cut it all at once. Sort of like layering hair. Thank you. Okay, good luck on it. Hey, if you have any questions about stuff, uh, I speak Chicago. I've been up to uh, North Shores, been to, to the uh, uh, Botanic Garden, the lecture at the Botanic Garden there many times. So if you have some questions, let me help interpret stuff for you. Well, Shoot me an email. Our first, our first year, or you may be hearing from me again. <laughs> it could be that you caused this winter. Could be, but it. we're very grateful. <laughs> we, we think this has been wonderful. <laughs> I still well, watch was, the news on what my friends up north are, are putting up with, and I don't miss it a bit. Well, we, we I, I work with I'm, I'm giving a talk uh, in a couple of weeks down in, uh, on the other side of, of Mobile, and uh, there's a lot of folks who live you know, from Illinois, uh, Wisconsin, uh, Ohio, who live down there in the wintertime, move back up in the summertime. So you know, I have to speak both languages. So shoot me an email anytime. Okay, well, thank you very much. Okay, good luck on it. Okay, uh, Java, you want to do one more call? And then, yeah, let's 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 talk to, to Gladys in Jackson. Hey, Gladys, good morning. Good morning. I know that you're good at building things with have roots on it and how you tend to it. Uh, I have a building that has tile on it, and it has gotten accumulation of of I guess uh, moss or something. Is there right? Can kill that root with so it doesn't keep coming back. Well, there's stuff you can use that'll get rid of what's there, but you know, there's really not even there's nothing that lasts long enough to keep it from coming back. You know, so you might want to treat it every two or three or four years when it gets really, really bad. Uh, a lot of garden centers will. Can, I can't remember the name of the stuff, but there's a there's stuff you can spray. I mean, you could just spray Clorox on it, chlorine if you want to. Uh, you know, as soon as it gets kind of warm, if you'll just mix up some chlorine and water and spray on there. Uh, you can come back the next day and just almost wash it off. It'll bleach you right out. Oh, okay. But there are some products. I, I don't remember the name of the products that, that, that they use to, to to clean bricks and things like that. But uh, if you shoot me an email, I can come up with it. But meanwhile, there are some sprays that garden centers have that that you can spray on there. I just know that chlorine won't hurt the plants. If you spray it up there uh, on the on the moss and stuff, and then just rinse it off of any shrubs that it gets on, it'll be perfectly fine. Okay. Well, I had heard some, I used something many years ago called root kill. Uh, I just I don't, I just, you know, I just, I, I just don't, see, that's just, you know, products, they come and they go and the name change and brands, and I just can't keep track of it, well, like I, when I work full-time with the university. But if you send me an email, I can sure come up with something. Let me know where you are. I might even, oh, well, you're in Jackson. Right. So uh, I, I know that Garden Centers in Jackson will have something for it. Okay. Thank you. Okay, Gladys. Good luck on it. Whew. 
some stuff I don't know. I can't remember other stuff. Anyway, we're going to take a real quick break. Listen to uh, what I call an earworm, something from the 1970s. I just want to set this up a little bit. This is from 1970s from a movie about a boy trying to repair his dad's old clock and was searching for the part that makes the clock go ding. Hey, uh, if you want to shoot me an email during the week, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. I got an email this past week from Jonathan Keener. Uh, he wrote to me a really good question about a uh, 400-year-old oak tree in his backyard. He said it's got some holes in it where a little water collects, and he had read that filling holes with foam can be worse than leaving them alone, and um, tar-based products and plaster filling holes. Anyway, he wants to keep this amazing tree as healthy as possible. He wants to know what can be done about filling or covering holes in an old oak tree. Uh, for, first things first, um, Jonathan, uh, I passed my tree arborist license test back in 1978. That's 40 years ago. I taught the tree surgery course at MSU, and I worked with historic landscapes all over the country and visited them all. I mean, I have stood inside a perfectly healthy hollow tree um, that was 600 years old in Sherwood Forest. Uh, so it doesn't hurt an old tree to be hollow. It loses a little structural integrity, but it doesn't really hurt it. Um, 
that said, there's really not any treatment you can do. The, the fungus that causes wood rot decay, once it gets into the tree through cracks or holes or broken limbs or whatever, once it gets in, the fungus can actually penetrate several inches into sound-looking wood. So unless you carve out all the fungus and treat it somehow to keep it from coming back, really not much you can do. Uh, these things about using concrete fillers and, and, uh, and all sorts of things, that's for cosmetic purposes only. Uh, it has no structural effect, no preventative effect, doesn't stop the decay. Because uh, once the inside of the tree is open to air and water, it's just going to rot out sooner or later. Anyway, no way to stop, treat, or cure uh, decay inside a tree. So what I would say is just enjoy the tree. Try not to cause more problems. Try not to fill dirt up under it or do any construction or irrigation. Don't dig any kind of ditches or anything under uh, underneath its outer limbs. And now that tree can live for a long, long time. Uh, it can blow over tomorrow. It can drop limbs at a time, but it can also outlive all of us and our great-grandchildren. Nothing to do about it except just enjoy it. What I would do is sort of enlarge the hole a little bit, you know, get it nice and clean looking. Maybe stick a concrete squirrel or a, or a garden gnome, something like that out there, just to give you something to look at, take your mind off the, the other stuff. Anybody telling you anything different about this is either misinformed or making stuff up. That's all it is to it. So anyway, if you've got a tree that's got a, a hollow spot, rotten wood, stuff like that, scoop it out, clean it up as best you can, Move on because we got other things to do. If you want to give us a call? It's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Got the lines open right now. Be real happy to talk with you about anything that's going on in your garden mine. If you've got uh, some garden events coming up, I can help promote. Shoot me an email about it. Garden at mpbonline dot org. Uh, came across something the other day I thought was kind of gestalt. Uh, this thing about Cinderella and her fairy godmother. Um, they were singing a song back and forth in the in the, the Broadway musical. Falderall and fiddle-dee-dee and fiddly-faddly-foddle. All the wishes in the world are poppycock and twoodle. All the dreamers in the world are dizzy in the noodle. The world is full of zanies and fools who don't believe in sensible rules. And because daft and dewy-eyed dopes keep building impossible hopes, impossible things are happening every day. Don't let folks get you down. There's so many rules about gardening, so many things. you got to do this, and if you prune your crate myrtles, you're, myrtles, you're a bad person. Or if you don't, if you have a few wildflowers in your lawn, you're a bad person. Or if you don't do this, or uh, it's gardening. I have seen so many gardens in my career, a long career, over uh, most of the globe. I've seen so many different gardens, and the only time they look alike is when people are copying one another. And that's that little copycat fast food type thing. Relax. Enjoy what you do. Savor what you do. And if you have some questions about it, then give me a call. Shoot me an email. And remember, there's a lot of uh, stuff online that is just simply not true. And people are making stuff up. I'll give you an example. They say you need to, uh, uh, you need to, to, to compost. You have to have things a certain size. You've got to turn it and aerate it, bioactivate it, carbon nitrogen ratio. You have to do all this stuff. And I'm thinking a compost is just a leaf pile. It's a fancy, fenced-in leaf pile. You don't have to do all that stuff. You could throw stuff over behind your shrubs, and your shrubs will eat it. So the rules stink. Let's go down to Ocean Springs. Hey, Hugh, thanks for stopping my little rant here. You, 
Hello. Oh, there you hey, go. Hey, what's up, man? Hi. Hey, what's well, up? Uh, uh, I've listened to your show before, and it's you know you say call in, you call in, and something has come up that I'm interested in. And in Good. particular, uh, I'm interested in plants or shrubs that I could plant along the south side of my house that flower or bloom one maybe early spring, middle of the spring, and the other one at the uh, in uh, fall or something like that. So I have something blooming kind of year-round. No, yeah. in front of my house, like an A, B, A, B, like one in the other, one in the other, so to speak. Yeah. And and this is, you know, this is one of the things that one of the tenets of slow gardening, which is a, 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 a thing I started, is enjoy every season. You can have something in bloom every month, if not every week of the year, in Ocean Springs on the south side of the house. Uh, you know, starting right okay. now, there's a plant called, yeah, there's a plant called Flowering Quince. It's an old-fashioned plant but it's in full bloom right now. There's things like Nandina that have real pretty winter berries. Camellia japonica's bloom in the winter. Camellia sasanqua's in the fall. Those are evergreen plants. You can put in some of these little small shrub-type roses here and there. You can put a dwarf oleander. Uh, you can have a plant called a that blooms just all spring, summer, fall, covered with, with, uh, with, with butterflies. So we have a, oh. a lot of good choices here in the South. What's um, that one that you said suggest- that's covered with butterflies? Uh, it's called abelia. It's not a it's it's not a beautiful big flower thing like a hibiscus. A b e l i a. It's it's an old fashioned shrub growing in cemeteries. They got some dwarf ones and it has little clusters of small pink and pinkish white flowers that bees and hummingbirds and and butterflies just love all the time. I would love so, that. Uh, and, and, and on the coast, there's some things that are perennials that die down the ground further north that are evergreen on the coast you can grow most years. So we've got a lot of choices. Uh, tell you what, you, if you'll shoot me an email, I'll send you uh, – I've never done this before. I've got a list of really good flowering plants for, for, for along the coast. I never have put them in order of when they bloom. That will give me some homework to do over the weekend. So shoot me an email. We'll take it from there. Okay. And what's the address? Uh, garden at mpbonline.org. Okay, MPB Online. Yeah, we, we answer, yeah. And, and by the way, is this south side, is this where your neighbors see it, or is it the back or the side or what? No, it's the south side, uh, the neighbors see it. It faces the street. I live on a corner with a big, big, big lot. Okay. So uh, the reason I'm asking, because here, 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 here's the thing. A lot of your neighbors aren't going to like you because of what you do, which is perfectly okay. Everybody else has these gumdrops and meatballs and green worms across their house. It's perfectly okay to mix stuff up. Well, yeah, so I'm okay with that. Cause I, I, like you said, I like, I like the flowers at different times of the year, you know, and I particularly like the yeah. native plants. Yeah, one one thing that helps is repetition. If you can get a group of three or four plants that look really, really good and put it in maybe two or three different places, a little group, it looks like that you care what your neighbors think. Oh, okay. Just mixing stuff up. And that's really <laughs> Some, important. Something to, <laughs> something to tie it all together is what I'm saying. But anyway, shoot me an email. We'll take it from there. Right on. Well, thank you so much. Okay. Thanks for calling, Hugh. Appreciate it. Okay. Now, let's slide up to the Delta. Mark, what's been going on? How's the winter been in the Delta? Oh, it's okay. It's good. It's all good. So now. far. Yeah. Yeah, so far. So what's far, up, man? Right. <laughs> yeah, I have a question about uh, something I did last summer. I had the guys that came in here, 
and they uh, trimmed all the tree limbs off the li- uh, uh, poles and all, you know, the power lines and all. Oh, yeah. They, they boogered them up. Stuff. I'm sorry? They boogered them up good, too, didn't they? Right, right, right. But here's the thing. They bought a lot of that uh, shredded tree limbs and all and dumped it uh-huh. on my property, right? So I've been taking yeah. my tractor going out there disking it up, you know, cutting it into the soil. Now, I don't know yeah. what that has done to the soil pH, but what I want to know is what can I plant? What's a good crop I can plant? I got about a half a acre there. I was thinking about corn. I was thinking about sweet potatoes, but what can I really plant there given it's going to be mostly uh, tree, you know, bark and leaves and all, yeah. you know, cut into the yeah. soil? So you you're I mean, is this part of your lawn? Are you going to turn it into a garden, or you got a little mini farm going out there, or what? It's sort of sort of uh, mini farm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, here, here's the deal: when you when you cut bark into the into the dirt, I mean, cut it in really good, six eight okay. inches if you can. As it decomposes, it pulls nitrogen away from other plants. So that just means when you when you when you fertilize. Use something that's got a slow-acting, long-lasting type of nitrogen. You might even go with some stuff called cottonseed meal. Cottonseed meal is a good, slow type of nitrogen. And, and if you'll do that, your plants will pretty well do okay. You know, in other words, a little extra nitrogen, or instead of fertilizing just once, spoon, you know, fertilize two or three times, once before you plant, once when the plants are up a little bit, once a little bit later. In other words, just a constant, slow, steady, small amount of nitrogen, and that'll that'll take it. That, that'll that'll keep it from causing real problems. Okay, so it, it, if I can, I get a plant, you know, vegetable that uses less nitrogen, like between oh, yeah. corn and oh yeah, between corn yeah. and sweet potatoes. I mean, which one? No, not do yeah, better? No, no. Corn is a heavy nitrogen feeder. Uh, uh, sweet potatoes, we throw nitrogen, and peas, black-eyed peas, Crowder peas, all great, those kind of great, things. Great, Man, they are great for that. <laughs> they are great for I got some purple hey. ones I can put out there. It sounds good, man. Appreciate it. It's, 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 I tell you, Mark, it's a lot of picking. Good luck on it, man. Appreciate it. Okay, let's let's take a real quick break. We've got uh, eight or, uh, seven or eight minutes here to talk about gardening. You're going to give us a call, one eight seven mpb ring or shoot us an email garden at mpbonline.org i've caught up on most of my emails um, headed back to the states going to be in the studio next week can't wait to see how my garden is going to do this after this another cold weekend heck with the groundhog that that old rat we're not going to pay any attention to that just keep on going i'm horticulturist fellow rushing the stock gardener here on mississippi public broadcasting we'll be right back with more right after this. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. I got my work cut out for me. Java, when I get off uh, the air, I'm going to start putting on my website uh, that Really good, easy to commonly grown plants that are from Africa, and uh, I can do that for actually for all five of the, the of, of the main continents. But I'll start with the Africa one uh, this weekend. I've gotten emails about school garden projects, about uh, Loripedilum and Ponotai, eucalyptus. But one of the emails I just got is from a guy named Timothy Lockley. He said 
in my experience, you can put on as many layers of clothing to stay warm as you wish. However, you can only take off so much clothing to stay cool before they arrest you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go to Covington, Louisiana. Hey, Lewis, good morning. Lewis. Hello. Are we still here? Yeah, I think we're going to... Um, yes, sir, Mr. Felder. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> oh, howdy. Hey, too many buttons to push, man. What's up, Lewis? Uh, good morning, Felder. Um, howdy. I have a... Uh, about a half dozen or a dozen citrus trees, and they all got burned, but in various, some look like potato chip trees, all the way down to a few of them did quite well, surprisingly. But could you give me just a, what, what I should do, uh, when I should start to try to prune them, prune them or test to see if they're alive or dead, or what do you well, think you is can the do prognosis? That. You can do, you know, they, they tend to bloom, uh, you know, late winter, early spring, sometimes they get nipped by late frost, but there's a good chance a lot of the flower buds for this year got killed, even if the trees are okay. What I would do is I would go out uh, just sometimes, some, you know, as soon as you get around to it, just uh, scratch here and there on the bark, and if it's green on the bark, uh, you can leave it. If it's brown, cut it off till you get down to some green stuff. Um a lot of people also don't, you know, they let their citrus trees get big. You know, commercial growers keep them small so they can pick them. Also keeps them closer to the ground to get less winter damage because less, you know, it's closer to the ground. So, mm-hmm. anyway, you can start thinning out, cutting off the dead stuff now, but um, check check for green right under the bark before you cut anything off. And it's not it's not too soon to use that test, is it? No, 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 because, uh, you know, it, 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 if, if it was... If it was frozen, you know, the, the sap would already be brown. It would be bright green. I shouldn't, but I shouldn't hold off another month or two and see if it's going to start giving any flowers or not. Huh? Just go ahead and go with it. Well, no, I mean, you, you can do it, but the main thing is just discipline yourself because if they start putting out new growth, you know, not, not the flowers, but, but new growth, and it's damaged further down, uh, you know, you can cut a stick off that's laid on top of the ground, and it'll sprout out from stored-up energy. So they might sprout out higher up than the damage, and that can can suck the plant dry and kill it. So it wouldn't, wouldn't hurt to see if it flowers. But uh, the main thing is be sure you prune it. If you're going to prune it, do it as soon as you can get around to it after you know whether it's going to bloom or not. Don't don't put it off just because it's got new growth on it is what I'm saying. All righty, folks. Sounds like we need to get out of here. Sounds like it. Um, the Gestalt Garden is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We call it Think Radio. Our producer is a laid-back Java Chapman. I think our phone reader is Kevin Farrell. I'm your host, Bella Rushing, and here's hoping the groundhog rat is wrong and winter will give away soon. Uh, impossible things that happen in everyday folks. Take a kid or two to a garden center, just outdoors. You can show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. Thank you.